Welcome back to a very special episode of the Rankable Podcast. My name is Garrett Sussman of iPoll Rank. We cover a range of different SEO topics, and this week is no exception. We're covering basically local SEO for the enterprise. Now, you'll notice we have two guests this time. Not only do we have Michael Carini, he is the co-founder and CEO of Last Mile Retail. This is this is a dynamic product. Basically what it does is it drives in-store sales uh, for local retailers and brands by making the store inventory like more visible to nearby customers in online search results and retailer websites. So he has a ton of insights when it comes to that relationship between organic search and local businesses, which is a massive challenge for the enterprises. If you ever go to online and you see any sort of enterprise website, a lot of them are struggling. Serial entrepreneur, Michael's, you know, basically done anything. Oh, and he's also a proud graduate of Colgate University, where he actually participates and volunteers in this like thought into action program where he mentors uh, students on like the fundamentals of entrepreneurship. So it's really cool to have you joining us today, Michael. Thank you so much for being here. Well, thank you, Garrett. Pleasure to be here. I'm really excited to uh, dive into it. Yeah, I mean, local SEO and e-commerce is fascinating. So we're going to talk a lot about it. But you might notice another guest that we have. And this is, uh, deep from the heart, our very own Chantel Branch of iPoll Rank. Chantel, I mean, what could I say about Chantel? She's the director of client strategy at iPoll Rank. She has developed all of these amazing relationships with our clients, you know, basically working them through all of the different opportunities around SEO and content and audience research that iPoll Rank offers. She's got 15, more than 15 years of uh, experience in sales and account market management experience. She's done advertising, marketing. She's worked in media, print, digital advertising, professional development. I mean, I don't know what she hasn't done. Um, and one of the great things about Chantel is she leverages her vast knowledge base to develop and implement these strategies for our clients at iPoll Rank. Thank you so much for joining me today, Chantel. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. That was a very good um, uh, introduction. You would, you would think that, like I wrote it or something. I don't know. It sounded really <laughs> well, like the money. Do I cash right? for a Venmo you? How do we do it? Okay, I'll, 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 I'll give you the link afterwards. No, it's it's exciting because we, you know, Chantel, we haven't you haven't been on Rankable for for a hot minute, and it's it's, it's Chantel Branch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm so I'm ready to dive in now. First off, Chantel, I, I I'm excited for you to chime in here too. But one fun fact that I learned about Michael is that he's actually a foodie and a novice chef. You, you do some cooking, sir. I do. Um, my mother was actually born in Sicily. And so I grew up around, you know, quite a lot of home cooked, really excellent Italian food. Um, kind of learned that from a fairly young age, mm-hmm. um, branched out into barbecue. And now um, I'm kind of in the middle of Colorado and ranch country. And so I'm getting a lot of uh, really excellent kind of, you know, organic, sustainable meat from uh, local ranchers and having a ton of fun with that. I think I think that's awesome, Chantel. Where where do you where do you rate yourself in foodie foodie culture? Foodie culture. I wouldn't use the term foodie, but I like food. Um, <laughs> I make food and I eat food. I'm not. A, I'm a good enough cook. I'm better than average. Um, I can't say I can't say that I'm a big barbecuer, but I understand why it's important. 
Um, but I make I make magical things come out of the oven and off the stovetop pretty regularly. I I respect the hell out of out of barbecue. And yet I, you know, I've been to Texas. I've tried, you know, great barbecue there. I don't understand this. I feel awful saying this. I don't understand the differences between KC barbecue, the Carolinas barbecue, Texas barbecues. I know it's a rub thing. I know it's like a sauce yeah, thing. Sauces, yeah. It's just meat with fire, but there's different <laughs> ways that they do it, right? Michael? I'm from the barbecue mecca of Long Island, New York. So, um, <laughs> you know, no strong opinions there, but. <laughs> I mean, what was that place on Long Island? Was it um, Hicks? No, that's the, that's the, that's not it. It's not Hicks. But there was a place on Long Island that was very popular that was like a barbecue joint that people would go to and they would do um, all kinds of catering. So you've got some, some bona fides. You're okay. Right. <laughs> You're fine. Well, I we we will all we'll all head out to Colorado and 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 Michael can 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 hook it up for us. I, I'm inviting myself to your no, please come on out. Love to have you. No, but I want to dive into so local SEO e-commerce, whether you're trying to find a local barbecue joiner or actually trying to find the best barbecue sauce, uh, when it comes to local visibility on Google. One thing that you speak about a lot at Last Mile Retail, Michael, is that this idea of context is king. What what do you mean by that? And what context do enterprise businesses need to consider really like at the local level? Yeah, 100%. You know, when we kind of um, came up with the idea for Last Mile, what we were noticing was that there seemed to be a pretty sharp divide in the enterprise world between, let's call it, you know, local optimization, SEO and advertising, and, you know, e-commerce, um, SEO and advertising, right? And so what we found was that many big retailers, even some of the largest in the world, right, rank super well for, you know, the, the product and category type of queries related to the stuff they're selling online, you know, might work, rank pretty well for kind of generalized local queries at the, you know, local category level, maybe a little bit at the service level, right? But it's that intersection between the two, right? What can I get? Can I get this product at this location that retailers tend to really fall flat? Right. And so as a result, a lot of current you know, um, SEO results that big retailers offer really only answer about half of a customer's query, meaning they'll tell you the retailer sells a product. They'll tell you the retailer has a store, but not necessarily that the two are available nearby. Right. Um, and so that's what I mean by context is king is to really reach that customer and provide the best experience possible, maximize your chance of a sale, you really want to answer that question as early in the process as possible. You know, it's it's surprising to me that in 2022, when you do a local search, how often the information is incorrect and you're trying to, you know, you look for a store that's in stock, it might even say it's on stock, and then you go to the store and it's it's not actually in stock, which which sucks for a customer, or, you know, there's information about operation hours that are wrong. Chantel, when you're talking to that's clients. A big, that's a yeah. big one, Garrett, the op, the days of operation. Um, just because we live, I don't know if you guys recognize or realize this, but post lockdown, a lot of businesses change their hours of operation, even specifically for myself. I live in New York City, which is the city that never sleeps, but we're going to bed a little bit earlier. So, but, but, but for local spots, you're finding that they're not always being as mindful to go back in there and update that they no longer close at two. They close at midnight. Or, you know, one of the, uh, you know, New York, we love our pizza. One of the great pizzerias in my neighborhood 
one of the better ones in the city, they close at nine o'clock. But if you look on their site, that no one's even made that a priority. Yeah. Like, how do we get information nowadays? How often do you call a store to say what time do we close? Yeah, or or like for holidays, to that point, like I don't trust the actual store a lot of times. So what I'll do is I will Google like what stores are open on, you know, like the day after Thanksgiving retailers. Mm-hmm. So I actually know if I'm going to go to Target because I don't know if like, you know, the the, the hours of operations are are right. Michael, are you are you seeing your clients like come to you with issues there? You know, it's actually kind of interesting, um, you know, because we work on the enterprise side, a lot of our clients are very big organizations that mm-hmm. at least try to implement pretty strict data entry protocols, right? right. <laughs> um, I'd say more right than wrong, which is great. <laughs> um, what we're finding is actually kind of on the other side, you know, Google basically is using a kind of trust but verify model now, mm-hmm. right? They're prioritizing, you know, uh, a, a plurality, let's call it, of signals about your location data. You know, maybe in some cases over and above what you submit to them directly via the API. And so, what I understand them to be doing from my conversations with them is, you know, using signals like foot traffic from devices to try to indicate, hey, is this store actually closed today? Did an emergency happen? And then using that to proactively mark profiles as, let's say, temporarily closed. Right. Um, That's interesting. So- yeah, and then trying to reconcile your client's data as the source of truth against you know Google's programmatic suggestions, they don't always line up. So that's been a, an interesting new challenge in the field for sure. Oh yeah, I, and we're going to get into a little bit, but talking about just between the brand websites versus retailers and confusing information and how Google's pulling for from like the merchant feed versus structured data on the website and all the challenges there. Chantel, to what extent? Do you feel like enterprises have these issues on their radar? Like, are they, when they're thinking at the local level, especially like e-commerce clients, are they thinking about ways that they can ensure that their information is right on a, like in a geographical, local capacity? I would say sometimes yes, but more times no. And oftentimes it's found out when there's a problem. Yeah. Like what? What are some of the issues that you've seen where where it comes up? And oh. Like oh crap! Without exposing any of my clients, right. I've seen clients just not do really anything. Right. Um. They just kind of like whatever the whatever information is being pulled, they let it be pulled, and they never go back and fix it, optimize it, make sure everything's okay, set up a process to go through maybe quarterly, twice a year. Even when they're, sometimes they leave it to people on the on the ground. So if you've got a store manager in store number one, two, three, four in you know Levittown, and it's the wall, it's Walmart, right? But then you've got a Garden City person who the manager doesn't know how to get into the Google My Business, doesn't know what to do. So now you've got proper information here, even with a little razzle dazzle. It might say something cute like, you know, come out to Hampstead Turnpike. This is the wall. This is the Walmart here where the grade is. You can get, you know, a cup of coffee from here. And then the Garden City one has like next to nothing. And maybe it says 24 hours, but they stopped being 24 hours after COVID and it's really closing at midnight. And just there's that incongruency until someone raises it, realizes it, recognize that's it's important because you are losing revenue by having that info. 
And then someone does something about it and probably would connect with someone like Michael and his team to say, well, let's grab a hold of these thousands of records and do what needs to be done to create some streaming process. Yeah. Just had to pick on Long Island. I mean, <laughs> I just had to dem- I, I also had to demonstrate my deep knowledge base. I would have kept it to Nassau. I could have took it out to Suffolk with some of those four syllabic um town names. <laughs> Well, to to that point, so Michael, I'm curious because at the geographical, like local level, there's the aspect of being able to govern everything at scale. Like what can you do across every location and then personalizing, you know, for individual stores, how do enterprises like approach, like what are the opportunities that come from targeting specific locations? Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, so what, (laughs) what we try to, when we think of local, you know, our, in our minds, it's how do we elevate the local shopping experience to the same um, level as the best e-commerce shopping experiences, right? And so for us, the answer to that question is almost inevitably, well, make it super easy for customers to find, you know, deep local content that they're looking for without a lot of effort, right? Mm-hmm. And so if you kind of take a step back and you look at, you know, the, the state of play in most of the industry right now, you know, almost everyone has some form of store locator. Most, you know, um, <laughs> Retailers out there have at least one store page, but that's usually where it stops, right? Right. Um, You know, and and some retailers try to cram an incredible amount of information on one store page, but that in some cases just confuses Google because now they're like, I'm not really sure what this is totally about. So so we kind of take a different approach and we say, well, look, you know, why don't we make what we call a microsite or a digital storefront for each location and then actually generate pages that kind of represent represent that intersection between location and content right yeah yeah so so like the type of content that's even on there we're talking like specific reviews we're talking events like what what else should be on those individual pages honestly because you know now you have a page for store there's no reason not to kind of provide as much as possible to the customer and answer yeah. those searches as granularly as possible um the way we think about this is look the retailers actually in many cases and service providers and other local organizations you know over the last you know five to ten years have invested incredible amounts of money in their data infrastructure right yeah. so you know at least on the enterprise level most retailers now have or are going through you know good inventory system overhauls, right? They know more or less, it's not perfect, what's in the stores. They have good sources of product data that, you know, a power plurality of systems. They have event management, they have career management, they have, you know, HR people systems. These are all in our minds, sources of data that the retailers can tap into to power that deep local content without having to reinvent the wheel or creating new manual so uh, our big rule is it should always come at the enterprise scale from a programmatic source that already exists. Mm, okay. Yeah. And I'm curious, Chantel, like, it's, like you might see some pushback at the executive level for some of these enterprises. How do you get a project like this across, like in front of the right people and across the line in terms of the opportunities like content and revenue and SEO that, that this can generate? So your question is, how do I get people to consider this is a way to help them be better? Yeah, like like to actually do it, because enterprise, there's so much red tape, right, to get sign-off. Yeah, well, what I try to do is, my job is to look for problems and offer solutions. Mm-hmm. So I commiserate a bit about people's problems, maybe more than a salesperson would, because they're kind of coming in the door and they've got, they've got a lot of, they've got a lot to prove on both sides. For me, I'm... 
working within the realms of whatever my relationship is. So people tend to share more. Yeah. And sometimes I'm really just here to help you solve another problem. So if there's a problem that's been surfaced and then we converse about it, and then we talk about what we talk with, like, what have you done to try to fix this problem before kind of question? Well, why didn't that work? Like, there's, it's just so much more... Organic. Delicate. It's more delicate. And it's more, it is more delicate. It is more like, all right, guys, you've talked to me about this. And then one day you're like, hey, do we have room on the, on our backlog to fix this problem? I think I may have a solution. That's... You know, and it's, sometimes it's the others like, ah, we're on fire. I'm bleeding. Give me a tourniquet. But other times it's just like, oh, you know, this, this, this local thing's an issue tap, 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 move on. And then you go, all right, well, we've covered a lot of other stuff. Do we want to fix that too? Like, why don't we go for Rockstar in 2020? Yeah. You know, yeah. there's always work to be done, but some people like to think that they fixed their SEO and we hear April rank like to say, oh, not quite. You can always <laughs> find something else. <laughs> so, you know. No, I, I like the approach. I mean, because it is it is so human because ultimately like the, the agency client relationship is, is we're here to help to help them generate wins and, and yes, fix problems, but also just like continue that that trajectory and that momentum. And so it's like you might see insights, but there's a time and a place. Right. So to, to that actual point about insights and you mentioned this earlier, Michael, you're talking about all like the data opportunities that are coming from programmatic and whether it's, you know, pushing it into the feeds or into the website structure data, there's this interesting challenge for enterprises that have this like hybrid model, right? Where they have these cell phone stores and they have their own retail store or they have their cell phone stores and then retail stores that sell their products. And it's become pretty critical, a critical piece of the puzzle for local search. There's a lot of insights and info there. How should brands actually leverage that uh, their retailers to maximize their visibility? Well, I think you know, for many of the brands that we work with or speak to, you know, a, a, a large portion of their sales are still in physical retail outlets, right? You're talking usually above eighty percent, and that's for a lot of top retailers in the country, right? Despite how important popular e-commerce is, you mm-hmm. know. And so, we kind of look at it as each one of those you know, points of presence, physical points of presence is a miniature sales channel for you, right? That you should leverage digitally as much as you leverage physically, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so what we look at is how do we use those points of presence to get in front of customers kind of in those moments that matter, as Google used to say, mm-hmm. right? Um, and that's really where it's about, you know, kind of making local instead of, you know, just this afterthought that was part of your strategy where, okay, the e-commerce team in some cases may have had, you know, local responsibilities, but they would maybe hire a vendor, do a little bit of listings optimization, throw up that page and kind of forget about it to, no, let's actually really look into how your customers are searching for and finding. You find, you know, Google claims something, but around 40% of searches are localized, if not more, right? Yeah. Right. How do we kind of translate those into a really what we call a local path to purchase, no matter how the um, you know, customer chooses to engage with you? 
whether they start on your website and go to your store finder, can they then go down to that next level and really easily find which stores carry which products and services they're looking for? You know, is it SEO? Can they, you know, find with one search, right, that a nearby store has the thing they're looking for, right? right. And then what about these other points of presence like social and, you know, the various kind of Google specific channels like Merchant Center, you know, um, maps and all those things, you know, really, can you make sure that you are fully optimized to reach that customer anywhere they might be looking? That So, okay. So that makes a ton of sense, especially with mobile. Like you mentioned, like how much a local search with everyone using their their phones, especially post pandemic and, and coming out and wanting to support mo- local, uh, local, there's so many more opportunities there is there like what data can the brand see from the retailers like what can they actually pull from them and and learn from yeah that's a great question and and it really depends on kind of the model right so for franchise organizations like a lot of telecom um they mandate that the franchisees use the same kind of systems across the board so even though they don't necessarily own it, in most cases, they can get kind of the full breadth of, you know, sales data, inventory data, um, you know, all that good stuff. It's kind of more of a challenge for brands that don't own their retail points of presence, right? In those cases, if you really think about how those brands have traditionally tried to promote themselves locally, they've relied on legacy co-op marketing programs, which are really just kind of fancy reimbursement schemes, right? Sell X amount of my product. I will basically comp, you know, however much money in marketing. And then if you run localized advertising and meet our brand guidelines, we'll reimburse you, right? Well, the big problem with that model is you really have no insight into, you know, the performance of that local marketing if those end retailers are even doing that. And that's a problem all the way from, you know, the best buys in the world down through, you know, SMB, if I'm going to pick on appliances a little bit, right? Yeah. You know, so... Um, the way we look at it is that's kind of the, the next frontier of where brand um, SEO and, and local marketing is going is, look, you know, the legacy co-op model is over 100 years old. Why are you still relying on these end retailers to you know, promote you at the place, the lowest point on the funnel where it really counts when modern technology would allow you to actually create that local point of presence yourself? So and, and I can keep going unless you want to pause there. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, there's so there's so much ownership opportunity that you can take advantage with these third party technology. I know Chantel, when you are making recommendations for like third party partners to use tech, how do you kind of approach it? You know, in terms of discussing with clients, is it just like whatever the best solution is, whatever like the best features are, whatever the price point is? Like, how do you have that conversation? I would say the best solution. I never. I don't do anything as it relates to price. Um, as I always say, we're just moving corporate dollars around. <laughs> not tapping into anyone's um, kids' college fund here. So, you know, I don't deal with having price conversations, but I'm always going to be focused on value-based and solutions-based. What is going to solve your problem? Right. Exactly. And to that point, Michael, if you want to continue and tell a little bit more about where you're going with that, that kind of owning that point of visibility. 
Yeah. And, and so I kind of give the background, but, um, you know, we're at a really exciting time because, you know, for the first time, like I mentioned, a lot of these retailers have done the legwork to get really good data infrastructure in place. A lot of retailers now have, you know, Google Merchant Center feeds, you know, that include inventory level information, right? You know, they have APIs on their e-commerce site that power, you know, omni-channel buy online pickups and store functionality. So where we kind of see things going is, you know, brands should tap into this existing now new data infrastructure, right, to actually start powering their own localized branded experiences, right? Tell oh. people exactly where you can get stuff. <laughs> but when you say retailers basically have leveraged the lockdown through COVID to really get their arms around inventory and being able to show what the inventory is, this is kind of speaking to Remember before 2020, if you would maybe look on Target's website and think you were going to go get a Christmas tree yep. and it was say there were five, what you're saying is that, and then there were none and you were only three minutes away, but now you can buy the Christmas tree and someone will bring it out to you. Yeah. <laughs> so you're saying that they fixed that problem. That wasn't a bigger deal. Back. Well, yes. I, I'm kind of speaking more holistically across the industry. Okay. You know, okay. and a lot of retailers shut their doors. I think you might have seen, you know, retail started growing again in store counts mm -hmm. this year. But what kind of happened is a lot of retailers that were unable to make the digital jump with their systems, they're the kind of ones that shook out and are no longer with us, right? Mm -hmm. um, but the ones that did survive largely have put in place that baseline digital infrastructure for things like inventory, right? You know, Target and Best Buy and Walmart, you know, made, you know, invested tens of millions of dollars into their omni-channel capabilities on their website, as well mm -hmm. as the backend data infrastructure to try to get accurate. Um, now, it's not perfect, but, you know, my point is now more often than not, you know, brand uh, retail partner that a brand sells through will have data about where that brand's product is in what stores, as well as, you know, how it's selling, which they've always provided. Right. It's, it's really interesting, too, in the context of, even, like, it's so critical to have your technology and your SEO ducks in a row and your inventory because you're already facing challenges of still supply chain issues, right? You've got this, like, recession coming up and people not knowing with, as we hit the holidays, like, what the purchasing, especially at the local level, is going to look like. So, you, you it's almost table stakes to have this information ready, right, Michael? Yeah, that's how we look at it. And and basically that for you know when we first started seven years ago, that was the big blocker, right? Most retailers didn't have this kind of information, you know, to do it, you know, themselves, right? Or to power a localized SEO strategy down to the product level. You know, now, and that used to come up all the time in our early conversations, right? Now it almost never comes up, um, yeah. which is kind of a really cool thing to see, honestly. You know, we see those just your your mainstream retailers catching up to where Walmart and Target and Best Buy are. And, and from like a, li a little sidetrack, but now I'm really curious, like if you are late on this, if you are a legacy brand that hasn't implemented any sort of, you know, like kind of localized store finder, deep content, like how quickly can you get up to speed at an enterprise level, aside from bureaucracy, obviously, because that's the biggest, you know, but like how quickly can you get this right? Um, you know, I'm going to avoid a shameless plug here. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what we specialize in. But, um, you know, uh, we, we do see a, a couple of kind of brands and retailers um, that are starting to do this for themselves. Um, 
you know, actually United Rentals, I think, does a pretty good job of now trying to surface deeper local content. Um, it is possible to do in-house, you know, and it depends on what your IT organization looks like and their appetite and sophistication. But, you know, again, having that data hurdle solved now means that for the first time, it really is possible, right? And I would encourage, you know, every retailer and brand out there to start looking at it. Um, from the brand perspective, meaning you know you don't have your own store network that you operate, I think what the challenge there is you need some buy-in from the retailers. But you know from our conversations with brands, that's not necessarily a big stumbling block because you know the end retailer selling the brand's products kind of welcome the opportunity for um, free traffic and free uh, marketing, right? Yeah, especially if they're not doing product level local SEO themselves yet. Right. Oh, any help they can get. I'm curious, Chantel, from, from your end, like how how much are the alarms sounding for enterprises at the local level coming into this holiday season? Like you said, you know, you always want to like focus on delivering right. solutions. Are are they seeing problems? Are they seeing problems? Are they seeing local as a problem going into this holiday season? It is an opportunity, not a problem. There you go. How so? And it is an opportunity that needs to be kind of wrapped up before we get to about two weeks. We get about two weeks before <laughs> before this becomes a 2023 line item. Right. Um, yeah. So if, if it hasn't been seen, I mean, you guys just did your Black Friday content here, mm-hmm, um, yeah. which was which I'm hearing, I'm getting feedback about. Um, perhaps some of our e-commerce team clients might be able to push just a little bit more in. But for the most part, if you're talking about local coverage for brick and mortars, yeah, 11 days, and then we're talking about next year, which is great though, because you can use that time to really assess where the opportunities are for next year. Exactly. I mean, that's something to think about in the sense of e-commerce. So many different like areas have a certain seasonality to them. Like if you are listening to this podcast and you sell, you know, like swimming pools or like ice cream, maybe now is the time (laughs) that you can get ready for summer. But to your point, it's like, at what point is it too late that you have, you could be way ahead of the game um, for 2023, but 2022. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Speaking of opportunities, one of the really cool things that we see is um, you know, with kind of these deep content strategies, you start getting some really interesting SEO insights, right? And yeah. so, you know, for example, we work with a lot of telecom, and we've noticed just from you know digging through that data that you know in rural markets, searches for Android devices, you know, are multiples of searches for iPhone devices or iOS devices, mm-hmm. right? You know, and then you go into kind of big cities and it's the exact reverse, right? So yep. it's a simple example, and you know, but if you start applying that across, you know, a, a full portfolio of products and brands and kind of categories that people ca- um, carry, some mm-hmm. of the things that come out of it are really, really interesting and super instructive to kind of guide a more holistic local marketing strategy, right? If you know market by market, store by store, what people are searching for, right? Because you have pages that represent all that different content. Um, you can really kind of dial in not only what promotions to run in those markets and on those pages, right? You know, but also kind of where you want to direct some paid ad dollars as well. 
Oh my gosh. Yes. I mean, like the business intelligence behind that data and actually knowing to look at it, knowing to use it, and then using it regionally to find efficiencies and increase performance, whether it's in your cell phone stores or, or your retail brand, you know, retail stores that are holding your products. Like it makes, especially around the holidays, you have to get it right. Cause it's like now people are looking too. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So, so before we get to the end and we dive into rapid fire rankings, I do want to ask you, Michael, what final advice would you provide to enterprises that need to kind of revisit and improve their local search presence? Yeah. So (laughs) um, we have a little kind of golden rule internally about SEO, right? And it's, you know, optimize for the way your customers are actually searching, not the way you want them to search. (laughs) (laughs) which I'm sure Chantel you've seen um, in client conversations, right? To us, that means, you know, how can you make it as simple as possible and as few steps as possible for your customers to find what they're looking for, regardless of what channel they're looking in, right? And so we kind of encourage our clients to really look at at you know their SEO and their content holistically, right? Not only what are you providing on their e-commerce site, but you know what are you making available from your store locator experience, right? Um, what are your listings ranking for? You know, for example, we found that by you know hosting that deep content and then linking your Google My Business profile back to you know a microsite versus one page, and you know, we've seen thirty percent plus jumps in listing visibility for our clients wow. because now they rank in long tail searches for specific products, right? In maps, um, you know, what does your paid ad strategy look like at the local level, right? Are you you know fully leveraging local inventory ads? Are you going back to your own pages on those? Right. Um, And then finally, you know, really the reporting piece is so, so critical. Um, One of the things we encourage all of our clients and really just the industry in general to do is try to make your local presence as transactional as possible. Meaning not only should you have that deep content, but you should link it to, you know, the the plurality of ways your customers Mm -hmm. want to engage with you. And so that means appointment booking, buy online, pick up in store. Right. We're huge fans and think the next frontier is site to store chat. Right. Mm, Um, You know, any kind of intake forms, whatever it might be, give your customer options, put it right next to the local content and then set up a good framework for actually measuring, you know, what the results of those different, you know, marketing activities at the local level are have on, you know, how many appointments are booked, right. On your bopus channels, on your store visits. And then while it's not a perfect picture, you're going to have a, a pretty tremendous amount of data to draw from to optimize your local presence at scale. So when you were saying site to store chat, um, I'm, I'm curious, can you just speak a little bit more about that as an upcoming piece of tech? Yeah, um, and that's something that we partner on. Um, we've partnered uh, successfully with a company called Heyday.ai that got uh, acquired by Hootsuite a little while ago. Um, but one of the cool things they did for a big retailer called Decathlon is they came up with a whole framework for taking Facebook and GMB chats, right? You know, right mm-hmm. from local profiles and routing them. You know, there's a little AI component to try to answer the high-level questions. But if that doesn't work, it routes you to an in-store associate that has, you know, a tablet or, or a phone device where they can actually, you know, on their off time, chat with online customers in their area. And, wow. and I think, you know, that's kind of the next frontier of, of you know, retail engagement where it, you know, returns that human connection. Right. You mean like we're almost going back to just calling the store and talking about right? <laughs> Retains that local context. But it's so easy. You don't have to leave the profile. 
Yeah. And, and the key with that is, is just the, the trust in the technology, right? It's like, it has to work. It has to be a good experience for people to use it. And then once people feel like, oh, I can chat and it, cause we've, you know, there've been experiences in the past where you use chat and you, you don't get that live person or you don't get the answer you're looking for. The more the technology can actually solve the problem, the, the more likely it'll actually help. And then to your point you brought at the beginning is then you're more, you're there, you're present in that moment of by now, right? Well, you're back to the context is king, right? <laughs> back to the context. I, I love it. Yeah. Chantel, I'm curious real quick from you, any parting words for enterprises who are listening to this in terms of focusing on getting local presence search initiatives across the finish line or just this conversation in general? I would say that for 2023, this should be on your roadmap if it's not already there. Um, even though we're going to see people probably return to a version of normal, this is the, the way that people are expecting to shop after being in lockdown is different. So if you don't have your ducks in a row, the people can make fast choices, you're going to miss out on getting those feet through the door because you don't have the right information or you're just not coming up in search fast enough. And, you know, someone else beat you to it. And to bring all that together, it's so on point because of depending on your geography and the way that you search, like you need that data ultimately as people's behavior changes post pandemic, you need to stay on top of what they're doing and then be there, whether it's through advertising, local search visibility, mm -hmm. social, you name it, you're there. Thank you both. This is this is awesome. Are, Michael, are you ready for some rapid fire rankings? Probably not. Let's do it anyway. <laughs> okay, we're going to do it anyway. I'm putting the music on. We're sending the clock. Here we go. Real quick answers. Michael, rank your top three of something that you love, anything in the world. Oh man, puppies, especially my puppies, um, skiing and great food. Oh, I love that. Okay, rank your best SEO or marketing win. Um, we're really proud of the work we've done in telecom around kind of real-time device inventory. We've seen some really, really cool results from that. That's awesome. Rank your top, okay, top three SEO tools. Oh man, I'm not really in the weeds on that too much anymore, but you know, I like going to the source. So I do use Keyword Planner and Webmaster Tools. Uh, SEMrush has been a great friend. And man, I used to use like Screaming Frog. But I don't know if that even exists anymore. It does. Um, people love it. Okay, rank your best SEO trick or tactic. Um, you know, it's not really a trick. It's just that hyper-local content, right? Give the people what they want when they're searching. Absolutely. What What do you love most about local SEO? You know, what I love the most about local SEO is that you're actually helping um, kind of real businesses in, in communities, you know, businesses that matter, right? You know, you're not funneling money into kind of a big e-commerce shine. You're actually supporting, you know, kind of a lot of jobs and real people that kind of depend on mm -hmm. these numbers. That's, it's a, it, that's true. It's so true. Okay. Rank your best learning SEO resource. Um, let's see. Uh, Twitter has been great. <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah. Um, I love the Rand Fishkin stuff. I mean, he's always, you know, come out with great those whiteboards that Moz used to do. Um, and then, you know, Google actually does increasingly come out with helpful content. <laughs> 
I, I, I appreciate that and I agree. I, I think that's the case. Okay, and finally, probably the hardest question, but you know, over, over your years of experience in SEO, rank the top one to three SEOs or marketers that you most admire or look up to. Yeah, I, I'm a big fan of Greg Sterling. Um, I really like his new Near Media publication. Mm -hmm. I think that one is really just kind of on the money. Um, I like Andrew Shotland a lot. I think he makes uh, a lot of complicated topics pretty accessible. It's hilarious. Um, kind of my go-tos. <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much. That is all. It's been another amazing episode of Rankable. Thank you both so much for joining us. Um, first, Mike. Me. Yeah, so Chantel. First, I want to ask you, like, if someone wants to find you online, what in in a professional or in, in a professional capacity, email, social, where where can they find you? You can find me on LinkedIn, Chantel Y Branch. That's me. There you will know it's me. <laughs> and Mr. Michael, where's the best way to find you on the socials uh, and online? LinkedIn's always good. I think I'm just Michael Carini. Boring. Um, you can always email me, Michael at lastmileretail.com. I'd love to connect. There. Awesome. Thank you both. This has been another great episode of Rankable. My name is Garrett Sussman. We are of iPoll Rank. We will catch you next week. See y'all Thank later. Thank you. Yeah, Bye. Bye.